Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Sports Day, the all-new Kia Nero. Available in hybrid or all-electric. See more at kia.com.au. And Lumo SA. Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yeah, good evening, Malcolm Blight and David Wildey. This is Sports Day SA for budget car and truck rental. If you're moving house, you can use the team... That's easy and affordable. The number to call, 132727. Get on the road faster, 132727. Big show tonight. We've got Colin Card, who spent so long at Geelong as president. Um, we're going to speak with him. Of course, Geelong playing in the GF this week. And uh, also Ben Ebert. The book's out. Gee, it's been worth it. Uh, Russell Ebert book took him a lot of hours. Ben and his uh, son, or Russell's grandson, Albert. So we'll speak with them a little bit later. But it's been a pretty bad day in AFL and for the wrong reasons. There's been some horrific allegations surrounding uh, Indigenous players and Alastair Clarks and Chris Fagan, to name a couple with Hawthorne in the past years, in the past few years. Um, until we hear from Alastair Clarkson and, and Chris Fagan, it's only obviously allegedly, but just been tainted grand final week. It's not the story anyone wants to hear. And hopefully it's not, it's not as bad too, that uh, some of these uh, allegations are welcome Malcolm, and Malcolm, it hasn't been a good day, has it? No, David, it hasn't. Um, I mean, I haven't read the original report, apparently from the ABC. Uh, what I can imagine is I've seen a pricey, and the pricey is not not great, if that's, if that's what happened. Um, I've always – one of the things um, you, you learn probably pretty early on, if you're going to be a leader, you know, not, a, not just a, a worker, but you're going to be in management or coaching or – something like that is you always try and get two sides to the story. Oh, yeah, and we've only got uh, one at yeah, the moment. Um, yeah. I've, I've always said when you hear something, I, you know, there's a saying, divide by two and then find out what really happened. There's, there's three truths. There's your story, their story and the real truth. And somewhere along the line, us as humans, we're not perfect machines and some of us construe what was said. And we've said it to else. Oh, I said that. No, I didn't. I said that. Mm. I'm not saying that's the case here. So I always, I never sit in judgment on stuff like this until it's actually gone through with a fine tooth comb. Now, some of them are absolutely very, very serious allegations. Um, I've just got something handed to me from Sam Fantasia, our uh, producer. Oh, Clarkson, Clarkson just, just said the... he was shocked by the allegations in the story. The healthcare and welfare of our player staff and their families were always my highest priorities during my time at football. Football, Hawthorne Football Club. I won't read the whole thing. Um, I was therefore shocked by the extremely serious allegations reported in the media earlier today. I was not interviewed by the authors of the report, commissioned by the club, nor have I been provided with a copy of the report. I, I will keep reading now. Yeah, this read is it. very important. I was not afforded any due process, and I refute any yeah, allegation of wrongdoing or misconduct and look forward to the opportunity to be heard 
as part of the AFL external investigation. Now, I have today contacted the president of the North Melbourne Football Club and we have mutually agreed that I will step back from my responsibilities at the club so I can fully cooperate in the investigation. As the matters are now subject to an investigation, I will not make any further comment at this stage. That's on the back of Chris Fagan, the coach of the Brisbane Lions, also been allega- mm. you know, allegations. allegations of these two. And he was shocked too. Yeah, Chris he was Fagan's shocked too. Uh, yeah. really hurt by it. Yeah. Um, and wants to be able to a chance to clear his name. Yeah. And whether you misinterpret uh, things, I mean, some of the allegations are, as I said, horrific. If you, you're talking about uh, leaving your partner, maybe aborting a child, this type of thing, it's, I mean, it, you just can't believe this could actually happen. Now, both both parties now have come out and, and denied that and they want to have their say. Um, so it's, it's going to be hard, though, isn't it? If someone – mud sticks, if someone says something, whether it – whether it's true or not, I mean, they put it in their eyes. It is true. Obviously, the allegations by three different players is how they saw it and how they felt at the time. But is it, did, how do you prove? I, I didn't read that. Did you read that? That there were three players involved. Yeah, three, in I heard. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one, okay. one, one to do with the, um, one to do with the um, uh, aborting a baby. Okay. But and then obviously people are, you know, are trying to find out who the players were. The ABC actually used. Um, they had people saying playing a role play of the of the different people with the different names. So that will probably come out down the track. But it is hard, isn't it? I mean, Alistair Clarkson, who was just been revered and he's just got the job at North Melbourne, grand final week. Uh, Chris Fagan's just finished the finals program. And both have come out and, and said they're shocked and yeah. they can't believe this has happened. So as Sean Burgoyne said, he'd never heard a thing. Sean, another Indigenous player at the time at right throughout that, had no idea any of this uh, happened. So I listened to an interview today with Luke Hodge, uh, the captain of, of the Hawthorne Football Club uh, and a great player around about that time and knows nothing of it. The only thing that I, Luke, just paraphrasing, it's not quite what happened, but he was saying, you know, when he first came to the club, he was a bit chubby. So when he went back home a couple of times, the club advised him, look, is that a good don't idea? Don't eat too much don't and Don't eat do this. too much and do this. And, and look, perhaps you should think about not going back for a while. So, I mean, that happens. I, I'm just... Uh, but, but, it, but the allegations to, to say leave your girlfriend oh, no, that, and come in and move in with me, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to envisage someone making that up. Now, as I said, you can, you can get lost in translation whether you said exactly that yeah, or whatever, and that will hopefully come out. But it's not the thing footy needs, and we're, we're trying to get on top of um, anything to do with the race just had the Eddie Betts story in the camp and, um, you know, we, we think we're better than this. But I, I also feel, as much as I feel for a one party, I feel for the other party because they haven't had a chance to even clarify or clear their name. No, and that's, why, that's yeah. why we're getting this, this out. Actually, David, what I'm going to do now is I, I rarely do this, but I'm going to stop talking about this because you, what you just said, Zen, right, someone's obviously made an allegation. Some people have to now answer that allegation and somewhere amongst that, that will be the truth. But how do, how do you prove something like Malcolm? He oh, said, she said. Yeah, I, 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 get mean, all, I get all that, David. But I, and mud sticks. Oh, I'm not sure about that. No? I'm not sure. No, no, if you're not guilty, you're not guilty. In, in our courts of law and under the system we work, if you're not guilty, you're not guilty. And I just get on with it. As I've said to you before, if you, if you do a crime, do the time. Once you've done the time, you've paid your debt, all that sort of stuff, move on. Let's hear from Justin Reeves uh, talking about you never know what a report will find. You know, when you, when you do open an investigation or, a, a, you know, to, to anything of your past, you, you never know what may emerge. So 
I mean, you're always concerned, but you're always interested. And, and if you go about it with the lens of we're doing it for the right reason, and that is to make sure that our people, uh, if required, get the support that they require, then that's validated in, in, from me every day, every day of the week. Yeah, I might just play Luke. You mentioned Luke Hodge, Hodge before. Yeah. Um, he was asked today if he had any regrets about missing what was going on as captain. You try and get around and understand people's personal lives, and that's how you become tight as a team. Um, but there's certain things that don't get told because, obviously, confidentiality between the football club and players. If if a player get, tells something to the football club and they blurt it out to other senior players, there's there's a line that you don't cross. Otherwise, the, the player will never trust them again. Um, so there, there's certain – and especially the stuff that, in that information, that's that's not stuff that players would want to get out in the open to other players. Um, so there, there's – Areas that yeah you you push into the private lives of players, but not to the extent or or what was told to their face by by senior people. Couldn't agree more, Luke Hodge. Couldn't agree more. How, not not how, the stuff you talk about. How do we about. how do we get a a resolution? We know. Well, that let, let the let okay. There's investigations, yeah, and they yeah, want to yeah, get it on. Yeah. They don't want this to linger for. No, and obviously Chris Fagan and Alastair Clark have stepped down have, from their duties. Yeah, they've stepped down. They'll they'll answer all that's been said to them or about them, and then there will be decisions made whether it was misconstrued, actually said, or a combination of both. It's just, oh, God. Yeah. Can we, Awful. Just, let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's let, grand let, final week. Yeah, let's, let's move on from that, Dave, because I, 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 yeah, it'll unfold. Terrible story, but anyhow, hopefully it – sometimes I thought that you said the word resolution. That would be a great thing to happen from here on. And here. we don't want this dominating every night of no. talk back too, because we don't know the other side of the story. No. So it's all hypothesising and uh, and uh, doing this. But, yeah, it's not what the footy needs, that's for sure, after what's been a brilliant final, final series. series. Yeah. And you know what I was going to start with tonight, and I'm going to get on to yep. it now, and it is about the grand final. Uh, two teams are playing in Geelong and Sydney. Uh, we've looked at this team's experience versus non-experience. Let's just say Geelong, very experienced. Oh. Sydney, a few players, but not nowhere near as right, experienced. Get ready for this. I got every player out that played last week, probably going to play this week. And the Geelong Football Club averages games played up until now, if that same team comes out, is 162 games per player, which is very, very high. The Sydney team is 114. Which is pretty good. Good, mate. I'll just, That's what you say yeah, is your... Yeah, listen to this. Geelong have 15 over 100 players, 100-game players. We, we, we mark 100 as a, oh, as a really 200 good – 200 or 300, yeah, 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 whatever. And three only under 15. You know Sydney's got 11 over 100 and five under 50. So they're younger. We get that. And this is the strangest part about this. Geelong averaging 162, the last team, believe it or not, averaged 167 games average with the Hawthorne team – in the year that we've been talking about, 2015. Their last of their premierships. premierships. How's that? That's how experienced they were. But this is the scary part of this young Sydney Swans team. Listen to this. Remember, their average is 114 games. Western Bulldogs in 2016 averaged 82. Richmond in 17, 2017 averaged 104, David. Still less than Sydney. That's a sweet spot, is it? And the final one, the Melbourne team from last year in 21 won with an average of 99 games. So the Sydney team is is not that inexperienced compared no. to 
other premiers in the last five years. And uh, Selwood and Dangerfield and Hawkins and them and Isaac Smith, they'd be making up for a lot of those exactly. extra games, wouldn't they? Yeah. And how's so? Can I just so that when I did that today, I thought, oh, hang on. I know there's 50 games difference, but 50 games when you get to 200 and 250 doesn't mean a lot, David. You're still very experienced. All right, and then we got on. Uh, we got Daz. No, he's not. No, he's gone. Oh, okay. Oh, Daz. some cans too. Yeah, it was cans. Been interesting. Beautiful little spot. We up. might take a break. Uh, come back with a couple of calls, but as we said, hasn't been a a great day for footy here in in uh, in Australia in the AFL land, and hopefully we can get some sort of resolution. If you want your say, a double two three double o double o. We'll take a break. Uh, the Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. Sports Day, the Kia of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Yeah, Malcolm Blight, David Wildey for Tyre Power, the footy final sale. Now, gee, good luck trying to get a ticket there. Uh, get into your local independently-owned Tyre Power today. Um, gee, how hard... Is it? I don't know how many times you've been asked for. You used to have seven tickets yourself, but yeah. um, almost impossible, isn't it? If you haven't yeah. got one now, yeah, no. it's Tough. just about, yeah. Tough. Yeah, no, and we went through those numbers last night, 30 uh, between the competing clubs and only 7,000 for the other clubs in total. How many do you reckon you've been to? you played in a few. How many you reckon you've been? How many have missed oh, in the last 20, 30 years? Oh, I don't know. Handful? No, no, more than that. Cause I, you haven't always gone? No, I haven't always gone. I mean, I, I don't know. Depends on what you got on. Uh, pick and choose a little bit, perhaps. And also, I mean, like I gave you the tickets one year, and I'll give yeah, you some, to me. Yeah, a couple of years ago, to someone else, and then this time, a son and grandson. Yeah. So it's just you know, just how you feel at the time. Yeah, I, just, I said I wasn't going to do this anymore, but I'm going to because the allegations today about Alastair Clarkson and Chris Fagan in relation to their roles in Hawthorne Football Club and what was said, and anyhow. As we know, it's been the big story all day in the AFL. Clarkson has uh, released a statement just a short time ago, and this is just I'm I'm picking out five paraphrasing. Yeah. yeah, shocked by the allegations of the story. He was not interviewed by the authors of the report. He was not afforded any due process, and he refutes any allegation of wrongdoing. That's pretty powerful. And as the matters are now subject to investigation. I will not make any further comment at this stage. If if I hadn't done anything, I'd not only be shocked, I'd be angry. Yeah. If someone, if there were allegations made against me that, you know, which were un, untrue, you'd be, I mean, this has come out of the blue, hasn't it? Someone's yeah, it been sitting on it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I just reckon um, that's where it should stay tonight, David, and you, things will un, unfold. We're here to talk footy. Get any, um, as we get closer to, the weekend, you're getting any feel for, you know, what may play a part or who, in in deciding who's going to win the game. I think weather's going to be okay. Maybe it's just a, a slight drizzle at times. But you, can you confidently say Geelong will win, or do you or do you think? <laughs> oh no, Sydney no, are a genuine no, no. contender. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, if there's two clubs, oh, there's a lot of clubs you respect. Of course, there are. Well, those, you know, I am a life member too of Sydney, Geelong, we which is uh, lovely and. And also Sydney, because what they've been able to do, you know, they went up there in 1982. I was playing at the time. I was part 
of the rebirth of the game. Ricky in Quaid was yeah, was all that yeah. Coach? And uh, Alan Aylett, the great Alan Aylett, started that whole AFL process with Sydney, and I played in the early games up there. So it was great to go up there, and it's great to see what they've done. They were destitute, David. They couldn't oh, they, they couldn't get people go the game. They were broke. Everything went wrong with them for a long time. So to see the last ten or fifteen years to what they've been able to do and and put their bolt right in the ground in Sydney Harbour is great. I mean, they were a bit of a joke one time yeah. when Dr. Edel stood in the, oh, the helicopters and all this type of thing. But they've yeah. become an amazing club. Um, one of our um, listeners rang in and said, what would happen, what would have happened if the Lions made the grand final and this report came out? Um, I suppose the coach, would he step down? Well, they say, well, hang on, you've got to give a man a fair trial. He hasn't been able to answer anything yet. Yeah, what, that, what, would, what do you think? What would have happened? Nothing, because they didn't make the grand final. No, this is uh, hypothetical. Yeah, well, okay. well, dealing in hypotheticals on that is, is it's called stuff. Di- yeah, I know. know. I know that's stuff. I know, yeah. but that stuff is stuff. Sometimes you don't need to know about because it, it's not going to happen. How people think though? Like, well, gee, yeah, they could have made the grand final. Where, where does that leave him in, in some sort of limbo? I tell you, who didn't make the grand final was the Collingwood Football Club, and Craig McRae last night, coach though, of the year, was named coach of the year by the AFL Coaches Association. Which I always find an interesting thing. I'm part of it, but uh, not sure about it. Yeah, a good decision, that one. Now, for expert car service, book online at repcoservice.com. You can rely on your local Repco authorised service centre. We are going to break. Um, Colin Carter will join us shortly, talking all things Geelong. And then Ben Ebert's written a book about his dad. Should be absolutely fantastic. Don't go away. Back with those two. Sports Day. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. And Lumo SA. Aussie owned, made for South Australia. Sports Day SA, Malcolm Blight and David Wildey for weeks. Discover different. And Adelaide Auto 4x4. Get 15% off the first purchase. That's at Adelaide Auto 4x4. Well, Malcolm, you've got a very good friend of yours and a man that spent many years at Geelong. And, boy, haven't they had a great cheer. And, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to speaking to our next guest. Yes, we are, David, indeed. Uh, one of the great uh, football people, one of the great men in, in, in my lifetime, Colin Carter, who was uh, a 12-year, uh, nearly t- 10 years, actually. Cro- Frank Croster, the one before him, was uh, president of, Col- of Geelong. We're talking about Geelong here. And I'm talking about Colin Carter. Hi, Colin. Good evening, seeing, good evening this evening. How are you, Malcolm? Good to be with you. Yeah, that was a good start, wasn't it? Great introduction. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Cole, thanks for doing this. Look, the Cats, they're there again. Can I just, just, just for our listeners' sake, I'm going to go back. One of the great things about the Geelong Football Club, I got involved obviously back in 89 and Colin was on the board then. He's been a lifetime supporter. He wears blue and white hoop pyjamas to bed. Well, almost. Not that I'm not trying to. But... Ron Hovey was there for 10 years as president. This is in, you know, the last 30 years. Colin was there for 10. And now, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, who, who was there before? Oh, Frank Costa was there for 12. So yeah, stability at the club has been the hallmark of Geelong Football Club since you've been involved, Colin. Yes, I think it's a great asset. And if you can pull it off, um, you know, it's a, it's a well-organised club. It's a club that attracts good people to work there. Um, people understand their roles. There's a culture of working with each other rather than people having silos. And um, I've always argued that if you can get your organisation basically right, you've got a chance of getting nine decisions out of ten right. You only get four or five right, then you're probably going to be struggling. So if you get it mostly working right, it's never perfect. If you can get it mostly working right, you're in with a real show. Now, Craig... 
uh, Drummond took over from you as president, obviously, and Stephen Hocking was appointed yep. CEO. And it is the best boutique stadium in the Southern Hemisphere, the Geelong Football Club at Gardenia Park now, and the ground there. You've done a remarkable job for, you know, for a what, you know, a country town as you call it, a little country town. It's done a remarkable. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's done a remarkable job. It, it always fought and always had for the last 30, 40 years, fought well above its weight. Yeah, I mean the whole history of the club's amazing. It's the second oldest football club in the world, so it's been there. It started before Abraham Lincoln was president of America, <laughs> and so it's been there. It's been there a long time. It's an astonishing story, actually. But the uh, the performance of the club over the last um, couple of decades has been. Uh, has been pretty extraordinary. I think um, since 18, uh, 1990, when 89, when you came, I think our win-loss record is better than any other club in the competition since then. So um, there's a lot to be proud of. I guess Colin Carter, Colin Chris Scott, I mean, you should be proud of him too. I think all the Geelong fans are. Most people felt Geelong might slip given the ageing list and that. they've. Um, but what a year. I mean, it's a remarkable year. Finish on top. They're into a grand final and uh, they're favourite and uh, they're probably playing as well as they ever have. So hats off to Chris Scott. Yeah, I think uh, he's been done a fantastic job. I mean, there's the narrative often around the footy industry um, observers is that um, he uh, he hasn't been very successful because he's lost some preliminary finals. I uh, some finals. I um, have a very different view on that. I mean, since 2011, he's completely rebuilt the team. Only Hawkins, Selwood, and Mitch Duncan are there from the 2011 Premiership. He's completely rebuilt it. They haven't had a, a, a draft pick inside the first 10 since 2006, mm-hmm. which was Joel Selwood. And so to be able to be rebuilt, rebuild the team and always in contention is an amazing achievement. And a lot of those years when we made the finals, um, I always felt we were punching above our weight. We got there and then got beaten mm. by a better team. Mm. But but most other teams, I mean, the whole AFL system is designed to make sure that teams can't do what Geelong has done. And so I think I think he and his colleagues have done a wonderful job. And to change the style, I mean, it's quite evident from playing possession-type football and, and going slow then a little bit quicker forward. They're going through the middle. You can just see them, the high-scoring team, their defence is outstanding. And to be able to have so many 30-plus-year-olds and all playing well, I mean, it's good for the fitness staff, but the coaching group as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the age profile is sort of a bit biased by the fact that Selwood and Hawkins are in there. Um, I, uh, averages don't mean an awful lot, and I, uh, at risk of lowering the tone of your your program, I every time I hear people talk about averages, I'm reminded of my professor when I was a student at Harvard who told us that the average American has one testicle, which was um, a pretty good way of convincing us that averages could be quite meaningless. So, uh, yeah, they're on average, on average they're an old team, but I uh, think that you've got to dig behind the averages to uh, to uh, make more sense of it. Clever. That, that's the cleverest thing I've ever heard you say. God, that's brilliant, <laughs> isn't it? When you think of it, oh, it's, yeah, that's right, half the world. Yeah, of course it is. I'll tell you what it... It's memorably true, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, now, look, I did some numbers today. David and I talked about it earlier in the show, but... Um, yeah, look, the Hawthorne, uh, sorry, the Geelong average is 162 games uh, of the players that played last week and hopefully play again this week. So that's quite high, excepting 2015 Hawthorne team averaged 167 games. Now, that was really? the, okay. in the end of their third uh, premiership. And I don't yep. remember us talking that greatly about 
that sort of experience? No, I, I think uh, for some reason or other that attracts a lot of attention about Geelong. The other thing, if you talk about Hawthorne in 2015, I think it's true to say that Hawthorne hasn't won a final since 2015, and yet Scotty Scotty keeps getting um, attacked by some people because he's got to the finals and then lost some, whereas um, most teams after they've won a few like that don't get to the finals. And so, um, no. Anyway, the old fellas, Selwood and, and Hawkins, are having good years, and so... Um, I'm very hopeful that they'll pull it off. I'd, I'd, be, I'd be the happiest man on earth if they pull it off on Saturday. I'm sure you would. Now, listen, we, I, I did have Selwood, Hawkins and Duncan. You've already told my thunder uh, from 11. This is David and I had a debate before, just over a cup of coffee before he came on air, and I just said, is Joel Selwood the best player at Geelong, Polly Farmer, Gary Ablett Sr., Gary Ablett Jr.? Where, where do you sit? Now, are you going to sit on the fence or are you going to actually nominate someone now? You've seen Joel... Oh. Nearly every game of his whole life, and Gary Ablett Jr. and Gary Ablett Senior, for that matter. Yeah, I mean, and I followed Geelong because I worshipped Polly Farmer as a um, as a teenager. I mean, I, I think it's the wrong question. I mean, I, I would probably say, as footballers, a couple of those other guys I'd put ahead of Joel. I mean, but Joel, the total package of Joel, what he brings to the club, his leadership, and his impact on the team. I'd have him out in front. So it's a bit bit about how you mm. ask the question. Uh, That's so, how um, <laughs> Yeah, actually, I always got an answer to that. Bart Cummings used to say, you know, the 12-time Melbourne Cup great trainer, used to say champions are to be admired, not compared. Yeah, and I think uh, the, the absolutely remarkable thing, I mean, Joel won the, um, the AFL Community Service um, award the other night at the Brownlow and people ask, well, you know, how serious is that? He spends an enormous amount of time uh, with people that you wouldn't expect him to. I, mean, I lived in the hub with the team up in Brisbane two years ago and I was surprised at how much time Joel just spent with the marginal guys in the team. He doesn't huddle with all the elite players. He spends a huge amount of time with them. He's one of the, the people who regularly... I mean, I, I had a bad illness diagnosis um, six or seven months ago, and um, I'm fine now. But Joel, every month I'd get a, a text from Joel just saying, how are, you, how are you travelling? And I'm not even on the board anymore. And I think so many people have had that experience with him. He personifies, I think, two attributes which uh, go to the heart of the team success. He's unbelievably competitive, mm -hmm. but he's unbelievably caring. And uh, you think about it, pretty unusual combination. There are a lot of people out there who are very competitive, but they're not very empathetic mm. and they don't care about other people. There are a lot of people who are very caring, um, but the rest of the people get cuddly. I'm not talking about football teams. He's got, he and Scotty, you wouldn't find two people who are more competitive than those two, but the, the whole place is a very caring environment. And I think it's one of the reasons why they get the best out of their players. Yeah, I think as a neutral footy fan, I think he'll go down as Geelong's greatest exactly for some of those things you said, some of the qualities he's got. Uh, Colin, tell us about Geelong. Everybody that goes Geelong, um, we describe it as a big country town, but they love it down there. We've been there a few times. I find it so cold there commentating in winter, but it's a beautiful spot. You've got the water there, you've got the land, and what makes it so good, yeah, being out of Melbourne, but nearly everyone that goes there loves the place. Yeah, and no, that's, that's changed. I mean, Malcolm would remember when he came there, um, the place was regarded as a bit of a rust bucket. You know, Ford was closing and yep. Pyramid had collapsed. And yep. uh, and we used to wonder whether we could get good players to come there. And I think those those premierships changed the psyche of the place. And 
And as in the case of Newcastle up north, the closure of a couple of those big manufacturers actually didn't spell the end of the town. A whole lot of other things grew up. The, the foreshore has been renovated, and I think we have Jeff Kennett to thank a bit for that. But it's now regarded as a place that's really attractive to live. I mean, I was listening to um, uh, one of the players talking the other day. I've forgotten which one it was, but he said he basically lives on a farm 20 minutes away from the club. Mm. Well, it's uh, Hawkins, I think. Tom, yeah. Tom Hawkins. Might have been Tommy, yeah, and then um, Cameron's Cameron got his as well. farm. And Paddy Dangerfield's a bit further away, but he goes fishing. And I think the club's culture also is interesting. That I think the players spend have always spent less time at the club than most other clubs expect their players to be. So I think their lifestyle is respected, their family obligations, and I think that generally the culture, and this comes back to the leadership group. Um, you've got to have a good leadership group to get away with this, but I think they're very clear about what things you've got to do together at the club and when you should be there, but the rest of it's your time and you're expected to do a whole bunch of things at your time. And I think that generally, that's treating people more as adults um, and it's certainly a formula that works pretty well. Yeah, that life sport balance that people talk about. I couldn't agree more. I, I was going to say about the Western Districts. I mean, you know, it's, it's such a catchment area in the old days for Geelong. There's still a lot of residue Geelong supporters there. And in fact, as there are all over Australia, Dangerfield and Cameron, I, I, I really believe went back to Geelong. It's it's almost down the road from where they live-ish. Yep. And, and as I've said to you, Colin and Melons, I've never known another place so similar to Adelaide in the outlook, uh, the way they operate. It was just a joy to be there because everyone to me was very similar to Adelaide. You know, Big Brother was across down the road for you and Big Brother's across the state border for us. So it was just a wonderful place to, to be and to live and to also to play footy. I think it's become a bit of a competitive advantage for the club as we progress into uh, further into this pretty complicated world that we're living in. Just one quick yeah. one, and while you've been there too, Colin, Geelong don't lose many players, and uh, you look at that great sides of, you know, seven, um, nine, eleven, yeah. and those a lot of those players could have got way bigger dollars when you look at all the superstars in that team, but they all elected to stay and and for success, and I, I think that's sort of is a great attribute for your club as well. Yeah, we did lose Gary Ablett, um, and uh, some some of us think we might have won another couple of flags. If he came been, back, but he uh, came back, <laughs> but he came back. Yeah, and there are reasons why he went were pretty uh, pretty reasonable. I, I was proud of the fact that at the um, at the best and fairest night, when it had just been announced that Gary was leaving, he actually got a standing ovation from the thousand people there. I mean, you could have wondered whether he was going to get a whole lot of booze, but I think that's also part of the the, um, the package, which is it's part of the drawing. If people have got better opportunities to go elsewhere, they go with the club's blessing. But I think that also means that um, they're never short of good applicants that people who want to come and work there because of the environment. Yeah, and, and, and you've been very good at, uh, I guess, cherry-picking some good players to come back to the club. Just a quick one. You, you know, the um, I'm sure you've aware the commission and the presidents are all looking at this Tasmanian report that, that you spent a lot of time on and looking forward... I think everyone's in agreement it, it, it probably will happen somewhere down the track. And you're still of that mind that Tasmania does deserve a licence somewhere in the near future. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it... Um, I mean, the decisions about the composition of the competition are long-term ones. I mean, once you're in, you're expected to be there for 100 years. I mean, we've got, we got five clubs, four or five clubs now that are more than 150 years old, which is astonishing. So... The decision on Tasmania shouldn't be made on the basis of whether next year or 
or something about where there's a recession going on. This is a this is a decision for the long term, and I'm I'm quite heartened. That I think the the impression I'm getting is that it's got a pretty good chance of getting through. Hey, Colin. Hey, good luck on the weekend. Um, have a great day Saturday. I've got a son and a grandson in the blue and white hoops at the MCG. I'm sure they're looking forward to the Cats winning in a great weekend of footy against the Swans. It should be a fantastic grand final. Thanks for your time, mate. Thanks very much for the conversation. Colin Carter there, uh, ex-president of the Geelong Football Club, played a big part there. Uh, Lumo SA, also a big part of our show, powering local footy and fans in South Australia. Switch to Lumo today. Our guest there, Colin Carter. Sports Day. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. And Lumo Lumo SA. Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Malcolm Light and David Woody for Weeks Homes, Discover Different, and Polaris have been Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand for 21 years in a row. What a name, that Polaris. What a name, too, is Russell Ebert. Uh, there's a book coming out. Gee, it's been worth it. It's fantastic. It'll be in a soft cover and also a hard cover. It's got Albert Ebert. That's his grandson. Um, and also his son, Ben's done an enormous amount of work. It's, uh, I think he's got the soft cover now, but not quite the hard. And Ben joins us. Ben, thanks for your time and uh, congratulations. <laughs> I know the effort you put in, all the hurdles you've had to jump and the hoops and all that, but uh, well done. Yeah, I've sort of definitely jumped a few hurdles and uh, enjoyed the process. I've got Albert here with me at the moment as well. So uh, he wants to get his voice on radio, he said. <laughs> oh, well, we, um, we will. We'll say hello before we go, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so lots of hurdles you don't know about, and it's like uh, building a house. But um, we finally got there and got the paperback delivered today, and hardcover in about three weeks. And people don't know when you when you think, "Oh, it'd be easy writing a book, just get a publisher." But it's not as easy as that, is it? You've had to change this, you've had to change colours. You haven't gone in bookshops because they wanted to take too much, and the profits are going to charity. So you've you've changed a lot of things. You're even self-delivering a lot of the stuff yourself rather than going through. Australian Post, which charge a lot. So you've, you've sort of manoeuvred your way around it. Yeah, every hurdle we've sort of worked out a way. That's what Dad would do if Plan A wasn't working and then Plan B. And I think we're down to Plan F at the moment. Um, but we've worked through it all and we've just enjoyed every part of the process. Um, once you palm it off to a publisher, you sort of lose what the book's worth to you. Um, so I was, we we're just glad together, Albert and I, that we felt every part of it, you know, cutting bubble wrap to certain <laughs> sizes, packaging it, and we've even got something to attach to a bike to do some hand deliveries. Oh, well done, mate. Now, I, it's a great photo on the front of, of, of your dad, Russell, the great man. The name, I, I, I've got a fair idea where it came from, but I'm going to ask you, geez, it's been worth it. That's the real R. Ebert saying. Yeah, obviously that happened in the 1977 grand final yeah. after sort of not winning one for 10 years as a player and I think it was about 12 years as a as a club. And so he held the cup above his head, which was pretty heavy to lift. I saw him actually go to grab it and then he had to bend his knees again. Um, but he got it above his head and, and that's sort of pretty well roughly what he said as he held it above. Your dad's um, like Malcolm, he's meticulous and you found a lot of... Um... You know, old notes Russell had um, written, whether it be coaching or playing or his values and that, he, he sort of kept it documented, didn't he? And you've been able to put a lot of that in the book. Yeah, every uh, chapter just come about. Um, I only had to ring about four or five people to fill in a bit more information. 
And yeah, chapter after chapter just developed, and it was amazing uh, just how much information we could extract from the diaries and all these charity work and fundraisers. Now, anyone listening out there right now, uh, you can order a copy. There, as David mentioned, the, the soft covers here, the hard covers coming. It's www.russellebert dash G's. It's been worth it. Jesus G double E Z. It's yeah. been worth it. Dot com. Or you can purchase it from the Port Adelaide Football Club shop in October. So get on to Russell Ebert. Jesus has been worth it. Dot com or the Port Adelaide Football Club. So any other way that they can get it? Just those two ways at the moment, Ben? Yeah, we're sort of working our way through that. We've actually got little agents all over the place that, you know, someone might come up to them and say, well, you know, you know, Ben or Albert, uh, how do I get a copy? And, so I just delivered 10 down south, and it's to the Southern District League. John oh, yeah. Hall John Hall picked them up. He picked up eight posters to put out throughout the uh, football clubs down there. Um, so we got little pockets of semaphore post offices come on board and selling some. And Jimmy the Snip, uh, where I get my hair done, he sold about 50 copies already. So we're sort of just sort of reaching out to people to have little agents around the place. Now, Ben, it's lovely to talk to you. We'll talk to you again in a minute. But but you've got someone there, Albert. He's on the front cover <laughs> with Albert Ebert, Russell Ebert. Jesus has been worth it with Albert. Where's Albert? Is he there? Yeah, I am. <laughs> How are you going? How many yeah, hours? Yeah, good on you. How many hours do you estimate you spent with Russell and Ben getting this all done? Probably about... 1,000 hours, probably. Wow. Wow. And Albert, I remember you as a little boy, we used to come down and play tennis, but you must be proud of your your grandpa and you probably found so much more about him with all, you know, this book now. So, yeah, a wonderful man. Yeah, he was. Very personal man. Didn't really let you know too much about how he was feeling and all that. It was, like, really personal. It was good that we can get his story out to everyone and all that. Now, it's not easy, Albert, doing a book. Have you and your dad had a lot of any infighting over we should do this or do that? Because I know you're doing the bubble wrap, you're doing everything yourselves. It's been pretty smooth sailing, has it? Oh, some parts haven't been. We've disagreed on a couple of things like chapter titles and uh, what to put in a chapter and all that, and it's been pretty fun to work through that. So, yeah. And what about your own footy? We know you're a very skillful player yourself. You're hoping to go a lot further? Yeah, hopefully I'll have to gain a bit more confidence for next season. Hopefully I'll have a big season next year. Well, mate, John Radio, well done there. We'll just quickly say goodbye to your dad. But well, congratulations, Albert, once again for your part in this magnificent book. Thank you very much. And hopefully uh, it all goes well for this book and lots of people enjoy the read. Beautiful. Yeah, well um, said. Ben, well, there you go. Yeah, Albert's made certainly his debut on Radio of a Sports Day, I say. But, uh, <laughs> mate, all the best. I know we've been in touch most weeks and we talk about it, but I know the work you've put in and and I know you want to make sure the charities uh, get as much as they can rather than the middleman taking most of it. And should be proud of yourself, your mother, your family, uh, young Albert. And um, I know Dad be looking down on you, Ben, and saying, wow, uh, what a what a fantastic job. And maybe even that saying again, geez, it's been worth it. Yeah, yeah I'd sort of, Albert underestimated that 1,000 hours. I think he forgot how much time we put into it. It's at least 2,000. <laughs> <laughs> maybe half each, but well done, Ben. And um, we'll, we'll keep up. We'll certainly keep on um, publicising the book and promoting the book. It's, it's going to be a fantastic read. And as I said, your dad be very proud of you. 
Yeah, thanks for that. And it's not just for poor people, it's for everybody. And with reading it, you might just look at yourself and say, I can do a bit more for charity or I can be a nicer person. And if you get that out of the book, well, then you've made my day. Catch you soon, mate. Thanks, Wilds. Ben Ebert there uh, and Albert. Uh, the book, it's out now. The soft cover, uh, the hard cover's coming shortly. So I'm ordering one myself and it'll be in pride of place at home. If you're running a small to medium business as a builder, renovator, or tiler, it's Beaumont Tiles who want to help you out. You can win that $25,000 advertising package to promote and grow your business. Hey, bloody, that's it for us. A huge night in the world of football. Oh, wow. uh, we, we spoke with Colin Carter and uh, Ben Ebert, but... Uh, yeah, it's sort of the proverbial hit the fan today, and hopefully there can be some sort of resolution. Um, you know, a couple of big names um, in all sorts of trouble. They haven't been able to answer themselves yet, so there's right. only allegations, allegedly, but hopefully it's not as bad as what we've seen firsthand. Have a great night. We're back tomorrow. It's a public holiday, but we are back. Yes. I know by your demand, you said we will soldier on, and we'll do it all again between 6 and 7 tomorrow night. See you, bloody. Bye, David. Sports Day. The Kia Sportage has been crowned Drive Car of the Year. See it at kia.com.au. And Lumo SA, Aussie-owned, made for South Australia. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.